Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. He's got his younger brother. It's gonna be Jeff. The cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. Eight sold separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling. <laughs> Hey, welcome to episode 277 of the Fully Opposable Wrestling Figure Podcast, the longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. My name is Jeff, and sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Scott, what is going on, dude? Are we really at 277 episodes? It just hit you now? Yeah, that's crazy. 277 episodes of us just talking about wrestling figures. Well, and, you know, bodily functions and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and what flavor bang we like, which, by the way, today, Lemonhead, of course, because we still have like 118 cans in the garage. But, dude, that's just crazy. 277 episodes of wrestling figure talk. Well, primarily wrestling figure talk. That's amazing. And the funny thing is, is we're getting up to episode 288, which is 100 episodes later from our debacle that was episode 188. I don't like you classifying that as our debacle. (laughs) You're such a dick. (laughs) You are such a dick. (laughs) Look, you don't get 277 episodes in by doing the it's just all about me thing totally a team (laughs) effort um but i'd like to take no responsibility for that one uh that was 100 percent your fault and uh we should never speak of 188 ever again it was like one debacle after another i think i finally got the episode up two days after the original release and it was oh god dude i wish i could go back and even thinking back to that i just cringe and i tense up i'm like oh crap totally understand you've always got one of those that you just want to like burn with fire and forget (laughs) about like for us that would be episode 188 it's literally like looking at that gif of the dumpster that has fire in it (laughs) like that is episode 188 i still remember that too because i had a, a live fantasy football draft on that sunday so i was trying to get the episode out early I had a live fantasy football draft on Saturday that was here at the house. And then Friday night, we were cleaning for that draft. And so I barely had any time to do any edits. You know, you know, some sneezes may happen and I I always edit those out. Or I think on that episode of 188, I was waiting for a text message for somebody or for a text message from somebody. (laughs) Like a comedy of errors. But look, five and a half years in. That's the worst one by far. So look, one bad episode out of 277. I guess that's not too bad. It's just crazy to me. And everybody that's listening, thank you for tuning in. And thank you for coming along on this ride with us. Um, Jeff, you know what I did this past week? I watched The Godfather for the first time since like probably the early to mid 80s. Okay. The first Godfather. Really enjoyed it. I had forgotten most of it because again, it's been forever since I had seen it. But for the first time ever... Just last night, actually, sat down with Shan and watched Godfather 2. And what'd you think? Oh, I loved it. 
I thought it was really good. And I actually liked it more than the first one. Shannon did as well. It's just one of those things like you see it because I'm part of my buddy's Plex server. He gave me access and he's got a bunch of movies on there. And uh, we had him at Godfather probably three or four months ago. And because I hadn't seen it forever and Shannon had never seen it. So I'm like, hey, I told Lucas, hey, could you upload Godfather? So he did. And while he did that, he also did Godfather 2. And I was like, oh, right on. I've, I've seen the first one. I haven't seen the second one. So really happy. I watched them within about two or three days of each other. And that's totally the way to do it. But highly recommend. If you've never seen either of them or you haven't seen them in a long time, highly recommend. Go watch both of them. And see if you like the second one better than the first. A lot of people say the second one is the greatest film of all time. I don't know about that, but it's outstanding. It's very good. Oh, those are the people that have never seen Jackass. Probably. Probably. Or The Crow. But it's it's very, very good. I would definitely put it up there with Scarface because that's another one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. But yeah, highly recommend those if you've never seen them. Go Definitely go check them out. Very old films. They're from... Uh, actually, it's pretty funny. I'm as old as Godfather 2. It was released in 1974. I'm as old as that movie. So definitely recommended. Congrats. On being as old as Godfather 2? Yeah. No, congratulations to Godfather 2 for being as old as me. But you know what is not as old as Scott? Our shirts over at whatamaneuver.net and wow, pro wrestling. Wow, well done, team. dude. Well done. Thank you. Way to reach for that segue. You mean those little things that you ride around the block on? Yeah, you're a regular Paul Blart. Thank you. But any of those shirts that you want to get for the Fully Posable podcast, you can head on over to Pro Wrestling Tees or Whatamaneuver.net, and we are working on a new shirt, a new design that we are going to hit up Jason Wolf here shortly with. We just got to get the little kinks worked out. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, and the Book of Faces at Fully Posable, Instagram, Fully Posable, WFP. If you want to go back and listen to any of our past podcasts, head on over to Podbean. You can go all the way back to episode one. Uh, you can go and listen to the edited version of episode 188. Edited like four times. Uh, yeah, I think it was around four times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was such a joke. Uh, you can also check out fullypostablepodcast.com, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Please rate and review on iTunes. You can send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all. Send it on over to fullypostablewfp at gmail.com. We are just a few weeks away from the Hall of Fame. We will have the Hall of Shame in there. We will have Tag Team, Listener. We're going to have it all in there. We're going to make a spectacle of it. And of ourselves. Yes, and uh, I think last year we were wearing our tuxedo shirts, but nothing else. Correct. We were Donald Duck in it. We were. That's how we roll. So May 23rd will be the episode of our Hall of Fame. Scott, that Ric Flair... Jack's one of 25 that I was talking about last week that was available on eBay's final selling listing was $9,100. Wow. So now I guess the question is, is Jeff going to sell his? I don't know, dude. I'm so up in the air about this. I just don't know. Because you mentioned it's changed hands a couple of times. Right. So you were not a Jack's employee, nor was the person that you bought it from. Correct. But it's legit, and it's one of only 25 in the entire world. My position remains, unless you need the money, don't sell. If, if you need the money, then sell. But only do it like, only in a situation of like, 
I need to buy a new car or, you know, somebody needs emergency surgery or something like it's like dire straits, then sell it. Otherwise, keep it, dude. See, that's the thing. Is it going to continue to go up from $9,100 or is it going to go down from $9,100? Because as I said, when things start to go back to normal, people are spending money. There's going to probably be some less interested people in having this figure. Possibly, but that doesn't change the rarity of it. You still have only one of 25 things out there. And that thing happens to be a beautiful Ric Flair employee-only figure. I wouldn't sell it, dude. You're not hard up for the cash. I wouldn't sell it. Keep it. Because even if it goes up or down, it's in your collection. And that's amazing. Because not a lot of people have that. As of right now, I'm not going to sell it. Good man. But $9,100, dude, that's tempting. But am I going to get taxed on that too? There are people that sell stuff on eBay. You guys can reach out because I don't know. But am I going to get taxed on that? And Is it going to be California taxes where it's going to be like 85% of what I sell it for? (laughs) (laughs) But I just don't know, dude. So as of right now, I'm leaning towards no. But I'll tell you what, $9,100 is a lot of money. Oh, sure it is. Absolutely. And it just sucks that you've made this investment, which turned out to be a a huge winner. And you're like, yay, I won my investment. But if you sell it, the government's like, yay, we won your investment too. (laughs) Pay up, sucker. Oh, actually, welcome to the United States. Yeah, right. Right. Hopefully you don't live in California when you hit a huge investment like that. (laughs) Uh, Scott, also, last week we were talking about zombie sailor figures. I'm not going to call this an omission. We just flat out didn't know, but I want to thank Nate, AKA ring skirts and rad Chad. They reached out and said from what they've heard, I guess zombie sailor made this announcement. I didn't hear this or see it. Um, granted, I have just been absolutely, it's been chaotic at work that I haven't even had time to read all this stuff. But anyways, uh, from what they've heard, zombie sailor figures will not have actions. They are supposed to be a hard plastic though. So there will be no actions or mechanisms. Got it. So it's like a Hasbro, but not a Hasbro. Because that was kind of the magic of the Hasbro was the gimmick, right? Right. So kind of like a Hasbro then. Well, that's what Nate and Rad Chad said. I want to thank both of you guys for reaching out. As I said, I I am... I have been lacking lately on keeping up with everything that's going on between Chella, Junk Shop... Zombie Sailor, AEW. There's just so much going on. Plus, my transformation up in the company that I'm at right now has really bogged me down. So those days of being on Twitter all day are uh, pretty much long gone, I guess you could say. Quit bragging. (laughs) No, trust me. I want those days back, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I enjoy lounging on Twitter. I'm trying to decide, is the paycheck worth it? No, I'm just kidding. The paycheck is Uh, worth it. Yeah, it's totally worth it. I have a Ric Flair, one of 25. (laughs) So, uh, Ratchad, Nate, thank you guys for reaching out. Also, last thing I do want to get to, Scott, a bunch of people, and it was Eric and Barry and Dobro and Sith Lord Sammy and Drew Vensel, and I don't want to leave anybody out, but uh, guys, thank you. They sent over my birthday gift. Oh. Which I got. It was a Will Clark hat. And do you remember the old school SF hats that used to have the autograph stitching on the back? Yes. This one is kind of an updated one. It has Will Clark stitching autograph on the bill of the hat, 
Will Clark underneath the bill, a, a, like a jersey piece on the side of the hat uh, that says Will Clark. It says jersey number 22 and Clark on that. They got me a gem mint Will Clark rookie card. Ooh. And a Will Clark jersey. San Francisco Giants white jersey, dude. Dude, that's pimp. They hooked you up. I cannot thank them enough for that. To everyone that contributed, thank you guys. That means the world to me. Um, I wish you guys would have seen my face when I popped it open. I was not expecting all that. And (laughs) I asked Celeste, I was all, wait, they got my size right on my jersey. How'd how'd they know? And she goes, I don't know. And she walks away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm chasing I'm chasing her like a dog with something in its mouth and you're trying to pry you're trying to pry it out of the mouth or whatnot. I was all, I was all what do you know? <laughs> so anyways, uh Seth, everybody that contributed, thank you guys. It that truly meant a lot. Actually, you know what's funny, dude? I was watching a Giants game the other day, of course, because what else do I watch? And Mike Kruko was telling a story. And he said that Dave Dravecki always prided himself on having the best autograph on the team. So I, if you guys don't know who Dave Dravecki is, Dave Dravecki is a pitcher that kind of bounced around. I think he went to the Padres and then he went to the Giants, but he developed a cancerous uh, tumor in his left arm. Well, he beat that and he came back to pitch for the Giants. And his next outing was in Montreal and I think it was like the second batter of the game. He threw a pitch and his arm, everything just tore. Anyways, long story long, they basically had to amputate his arm. So that's the story of Dave Dravecki. Well, Kruka was telling a story is that Dave Dravecki always prided himself on having the best looking autograph on the Giants team. And he said that I think it was Chili Davis came in and Dravecki was like, ooh, that's a good autograph. I got to beat that. Yeah. So Dravecki would clean his up. That's not good, though, because you've got autographs floating around out there now in like two or three different styles, and that makes it harder to authenticate. Well, hold on. So Kruko said that after Dravecki had his arm amputated, Mike Kruko and Dave Dravecki went out to eat somewhere. And this gentleman came up with a baseball and he goes, Mr. Dravecki, can I get your autograph? Now, mind you, his arm has been amputated. Dravecki takes the baseball, puts it between his knees, and he signs with his right hand. And Mike Kruko goes, it wasn't the prettiest of signatures at all. And he goes, and it broke my heart because of how much pride Dravecki took on signing his autograph. It's probably still better than Velveteen Velveteen Dreams, though. (laughs) So he said two years later... Kruko and Dravecki met up again for lunch. Sure enough, same situation. A gentleman comes up. He goes, Mr. Dravecki, can I have your autograph? Dave Dravecki taught himself how to sign his name with his right hand and make it look just as pristine as when he was uh, left arm dominant. Damn. See, I respect that, dude. Like a nice signature, especially when you're an athlete that signs a lot of autographs. That goes a long way, dude. So I respect that dedication. Absolutely. So to all the people that are just signing initials, this is a call out to you. Yeah. Dean Ambrose. We're looking at you. Yeah. Roman Reigns. None of this initializing RRDA, whatever crap. Or Velveteen (laughs) Dream, just like throwing a V down on the thing. What? Dude, I paid 40 or 50 bucks for this. Are you kidding me? Strive to be more like uh, Brutus the Barber. Oh, or Jerry the King Lawler. 
Yes, there are some very nice signatures out there. But yeah, I love that story, dude. That's great. And look, Dave Dravecki is a very inspirational story. If you've never read about him, um, just jump on his wiki page. It's really, really heartwarming, the whole story about him from like kind of tragedy to triumph. But that man, I respect that game. Working on your signature just to sign autographs for people. That's amazing. Yeah, I just thought that that was an interesting story to tell because that actually translates to the autograph game of us collecting figures. And, you know, we see some horrible, horrible autographs, but the it makes you respect and appreciate the autographs that people do take the time on. For example, Jerry Lawler, um, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Bret Hart, those top tier echelon of beautiful, beautiful signatures. Yeah. And you know, on the other hand though, sometimes they can, Oh, King Harley race. Let's not forget to mention him. Another beautiful signature. Yep. But sometimes a person will take a very, very long time signing something and you get it back and it looks like a five-year-old did it in the case of superstar Billy Graham. I'm pretty <laughs> sure you remember this Jeff at wrestle reunion 2011, where we met superstar Billy Graham and he signed my classic superstars figure and he took a long time. And it's not because he was like chatting people up or anything. He was really taking his time signing the figure. And I was like, oh, dude, this is going to be great. And I got it back and I'm like, was he holding the pen the right way? Or <laughs> did he use his less dominant hand? But it, it's still great because I've got a superstar signature on there. But <laughs> at least he took his time. You can definitely say that he didn't rush through it and just throw some slop on there. He actually tried. So that I respect. Yeah. Anyways, I wanted to tell that story. I just, I was like, well, I can tell that story on the podcast because it just correlates back to autographs that we're seeing nowadays. Uh, Kruko actually mentioned that. He said penmanship isn't a big thing nowadays. He goes, everybody's on their computers, on their laptops. He goes, that a lot of people don't write stuff anymore. Yeah. And, it's, and I've heard somebody else say that same exact thing. He goes, so penmanship isn't a big deal nowadays. But back then, priding yourself on having the most the prettiest signature on the baseball team, even uh, just mad respect for Dravecki to even learn how to write his name or spell his name and uh, have a beautiful signature like he did with his right arm after having his dominant arm amputated. Like you said, dude, inspirational story from Dravecki. Oh, very much so. And you know, it's a totally relevant story you just told too, because cons are getting ready to come back in full force. Uh, yes. Here in California, where I believe we're looking mid June for a full reopen which is great news because Stockton Con happens in August, around mid-August. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that that's going to happen. Our beloved San Jose Toy Show is going to be coming back. They are still slated for that June show. And if it's a go, we're definitely going to be there. So I'm really looking forward to the reopen and getting back out there to the cons. I'm kind of curious to how access is going to be next year. Being that it's in Texas, it's going to be full-blown open anyway. But just really looking forward to not necessarily jumping back into the crowds, but getting those paint pen signatures again and having some great meet and greet stories. Pretty jealous of the people that have already gotten to get some signing stories or some signings out of the way over on the East Coast. We haven't had any of those out here in a long time and I miss them. But like you said, the San Jose Toy Show, dude, I'm stoked for it. I'm going to go up to the guy that had the uh, white shirt Hogan LJN on card. I may be like, all right, I will take that for a thousand dollars. I hope your price hasn't increased in two years. I also hope you don't know karate. <laughs> well, I'm leaving him a thousand dollars. You should be happy, right? <laughs> yeah. Here, sir, 
take this thousand dollars for your three thousand dollar item and <laughs> smile. Uh, uh, we went a little long in the beginning. Scott, did you join the toy spot? I went to Target and they had Zilch. They had a few Heenans. I wasn't really looking for anything. It was more just cruising down the aisle. They did have the newest Elite Series with Sasha, King Corbin. Uh, I passed on those. But good to see some figures on the pegs. That was great. I'm actually waiting on my G.I. Joe Zartan figure. I've gotten notification that that shipped. And aside from that, that's pretty much it for toy spotting. Didn't really do too much this past week. Yeah, I don't have anything over here. Actually, I'm looking to my left because I, when I get toys, I tend to have them pile up. To the pile. Back to the pile. I did get the Cena from WrestleMania, which WrestleMania was at 37, Scott? Uh, 36. No, that would have been 36. 36, where he faced Bray Wyatt. I did get that one, then Legends. It looks cool. And thank you to GBM. He hooked me up with Lady J and Flint. Oh, very nice. Oh, I, you know what? I actually do have a negative toy spotting okay i got an email from entertainment earth would you like to guess where this is going i kind of know where this is going because ring skirts sent me the same thing Uh uh-huh yeah they canceled my pre-order that i placed about a year ago they canceled my pre-order here we go again with the jerry seinfeld bit you know (laughs) how to take the reservation you just don't know how to hold the reservation exactly Come on, guys. Seriously, you kept sending me delay, delay, delay. So I didn't bother going out to get them. Now the price, as you keep delaying, keeps increasing. And now if I want either of those figures, I'm going to pay through the nose form. So most likely I am not going to end up with an Ultimate Edition Hogan or Fiend in my collection. So thank you very much, Entertainment Earth, for that. Truly do not appreciate it. And barring... Any future San Diego Comic-Con releases that are only going to be available on Entertainment Earth, never ordering from them again. Ever, ever. This was horrible. But we do have a smidge of news. A smidge? A, a smudge? A smudge? A bit? A bit. A bit. A bit. Let's get into it. Oh, you gonna learn today. Scott, what you got for other news? For other toy news this week, Jeff, from Super 7, they have made more Disney Ultimates available to pre-order right now. Included in the new Disney Ultimates, Alice in Wonderland, The Mad Hatter, Robin Hood, who comes with the Stork costume, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Hyacinth, the Hippo, from Fantasia. Great-looking figures available to order right now over at Super 7. That reminds me of a joke, Scott. Oh, it does? Yeah, you said the word stork. So a kid goes up to his mom and he goes, Mom, where do babies come from? The mother goes, you know the stork brings them. He goes, yeah, but who bangs the storks? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have you thrown out of here. Continue. (laughs) I will. (laughs) (laughs) Next up from Mattel. And I want to thank the great Jason Wolf for posting this up on Facebook earlier this week. New He-Man figures from the upcoming animated... uh, I think it's going to be on Netflix. The new He-Man cartoon, the animated show, which is going to be a continuation of the original He-Man cartoon. New figures from Mattel. First four shown. And these are actually... 
The packaging is very similar to the DC McFarlane line. Four figures, you get He-Man, Skeletor, Evil Lynn, which by the way, the Evil Lynn, if you're familiar with He-Man at all, you get an alternate Evil Lynn head, where if you're familiar with He-Man, you know Evil Lynn has that weird crown with all the pointies on it. The alternate head is her with long white hair. It's such a shocking look that's like, wow, like they really thought outside the box here. Like, okay, she takes off this little crown. It's not just short hair underneath. She's got like this long flowing white hair. Amazing looking. And rounding out the four, Moss Man. And he looks like a badass. Super, super impressed with these figures. I'm trying to avoid Masters of the Universe, be it the WWE crossover, the Origins, and now these new figures from Mattel. It's like I keep trying to get out and they keep trying to pull me back in. And then Travis Fowler is continuing to send me Castle Grayskull pictures. It's getting very difficult to keep saying no. I'm about to dip to the peer pressure. Ah, yes. Welcome. Welcome to the dark side. Although I don't collect them, but welcome, Scott. Thank you. Thank you. I pre- well, I haven't jumped in yet, but uh, it, man, these pictures that I'm seeing are not making it easy to keep saying no. Outstanding looking He-Man figures from Mattel. Is that it for regular toy news? That rounds it out. Jumping over to wrestling figure news. Uh, thank you to you for sending this over. AEW Unrivaled Figures Stage. Exciting new items from Jazzwares coming soon. This is found on Amazon. It says this item will be released on December 15th, 2021. Price will be $30. Unrivaled Figures Stage. You think JT's doing backflips right about now? Probably. Yes, backflips of joy. No no other details given, just the description. No pictures. That's no- it. No pictures, nope. no nothing. No nothing. Just here it is, 30 bucks. Scott, since we were short on news, we say we just go right into the listener segment. The first audio comes from our good friend, Brian Breaker. Let's see what Brian's got to say. Hey, Jeff and Scott, it is your pal, Brian Breaker, and I am bringing you a listener question. I have not done one in a while, so I thought it would be cool to throw a listener question at you of something that may have slid underneath your radar a little bit. I'm not sure if you guys have talked about this in all, at all yet, but I think it would be a fun thing to discuss. Uh, Funko recently released a wave of Funko Pops of Marvel Lucha Libre, and essentially what they are are Marvel characters dressed like pro wrestling luchadors. Very fun, unique idea. There, there were seven Pops in the first wave, including the Hulk, Wolverine, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Deadpool, Venom, and Captain Marvel. Uh, I believe a second wave is actually coming soon. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I believe that's what I have read. Um, but it's a, it's a fun idea, right? You take Marvel characters, kind of make them wrestlers. Fun idea. I have not got into collecting these personally, but I have seen them on the, uh, on the, on the, on the shelves, I guess. And they do usually stop me in my tracks and kind of get me to take a look at them. So it's a, definitely a fun idea, something I think would be, would be cool for a lot of collectors to get into. Here is my question, however. I don't know if this was a Marvel idea or a Funko idea. I'm not sure on that. But what if they took this idea and they made a wrestling figure, not a pop, a figure, and made them in scale with what the current wrestling figure you know, scale is? And I mean, they could technically, I, I would imagine, and I don't know exactly how it works, but they might be able to integrate these into the 
Marvel Legends line from, you know, with Hasbro and stuff. And so would that be kind of a cool thing to have a Deadpool luchador figure that is the same scale as your AEW Unrivaled or WWE Elites? I think that would be a fun idea. And also, too, if they wanted to go a little deeper and get a ring or things of that nature, I think it would be really cool. Plus, you know, you could incorporate um, capes and accessories and things of that nature, which would be, uh, you know, more like a full-on wrestling figure as opposed to a Funko Pop that really doesn't include accessories. So I would just like to get your thoughts on that. What do you guys think of this? Have you seen them? Um, Have they hit your radar? Is it something that classifies as a wrestling figure if they actually made figures would that be something you're into and i think your opinions will be interesting because i know scott much like me you're a big comic book fan but jeff i don't think you're a big comic book guy but if these were an actual wrestling figure maybe it'd be something you'd dive into so i'd love to love to hear what you guys have to say about it and i will check you next time thank you brian breaker for your audio submission yeah we um never really talked about these these are marvel luchador Funkos. Now, I think you guys have probably seen them on your Target pegs or shelves, I should say. But they did come out with seven, and you heard Brian list them. Um, I've picked up the Deadpool a couple of times. Now, I'm not into comic books, as Brian said. So the only one, I should say the only comic book character that I really gravitate to is Deadpool. It's just the humor that just, it reaches me. Oh, I couldn't tell by listening to your jokes on the show. Oh, my fantastic jokes. No, absolutely. Stunning. The best. But I would be tempted to pick up the Deadpool. I don't know if I would pick up anybody else. And since I'm mint on card, it's not really... I wouldn't be having matches with him or anything like that. I just... That's an interesting question for the rest of the listeners that do pop open their figures. Gimmick line? Gimmick wrestling figure line? Would would you guys be into it? That's something I would love to hear from you guys about. Scott, what about you? Would you get them? I would think about it, but remember, DC almost pulled the trigger on a DC Luchador crossover line of figures that was ultimately canceled, and I'm hoping with the recent news of how much wrestling figures made, I'm hoping it gets revisited by DC to say, okay, now that we've seen Marvel also come out with these Funko crossovers, maybe we can actually do that line of figures now where we're not just copying them and making DC Luchador Funkos, we can actually put out those figures that we had prototypes of a few years back. I would love to see them revisit that. I love the idea. Crossovers are pretty hot properties. Obviously, we've seen it with the WWE Motu line. And I think looking at this from a kid's perspective, looking at it through kids' eyes, that would be amazing to have Marvel wrestlers that can jump into your WWE ring or your WWE wrestlers that can jump into a Marvel ring. I'm thinking a Captain America shield on a pole match. You get this cool crossover, like from a kid perspective, it would be incredible. You've got like Captain America wrestling John Cena, you know, or you've got Roman Reigns wrestling Iron Man. I think that that's awesome. Like if you're a kid and you've got a Marvel gimmicked out ring, like the Motu crossover ring, and you've got a WWE ring, and you're able to just have all these crazy matches, I think that's just, that's money. Now, would it go beyond one series? Who knows? But, hey, at this point, toys are making so much money for these companies. Why not just throw a series against the wall and see if it sticks? I mean, crossovers, like I said, are pretty popular, and I don't see how, given the popularity of the Marvel Funko crossover with the Luchador line, how the action figures of the same 
wouldn't also do really well for them. So my answer is kind of twofold that A, I hope DC revisits their Luchador crossover line. And I hope Marvel gives it some thought to say, hey, the Funkos did well. Let's look at incorporating these into our Marvel Legends line. Or at least, if not in Marvel Legends, kind of an offshoot standalone series that is in the scale of the Marvel Legends. I think it would be incredible, and it's worth a gamble. Brian, thank you for your audio question. And I think you might be hearing more of Brian coming up in the month of July. Just saying. Just saying. Spoilers. Uh, Breaker, thank you for your question. Scott, N.A. sent in another question, the anonymous one. The anonymous, mysterious N.A. He actually asked, any special requests or wants for future upcoming Target-exclusive WWE Elite Legends Series 12 and 13? For myself, I would like a King Harley race, heel version doink, a re-release of Kamala and Yokozuna. Who would you guys like to see? Ooh. Is it wide open? Can we just... Pull names. Okay. I'm going to have to kind of reel you back in because you go off the wall sometimes. I know. So I'm going to have to preface all of this with if they are under a contract and they are available to us, they will find a way to get them into a line. Perfect. I want the Iron Sheik and I want him in his Iran pants. Okay. So similar to the two-pack legends that came out back in 2010, 2011, I think it was. Correct. And I know that we got the Retrofest Sheik. That was the last Iron Sheik figure made available to us. But I would like to see a re-release of that Iran Pants Iron Sheik. Okay. That's a fair one. Thank you. I'm glad I'm glad that was in play. <laughs> who else would you like to see? Man, who else is under a deal? That's the thing is, I don't know. Like, they always pull out these surprises. But given that we've seen Warlord, how about Barbarian? If he is under a deal. I know. I know. <laughs> Dude, seriously, like that, it, it makes me lose sleep at night. Are they going to literally pull an LJN on us? It makes me nervous. I understand what you mean by that. And I think the original time that you brought that up, I, I didn't understand the question fully. Um, but now I understand what you mean. But I still go back to my original answer, which is they have to get these guys out if they have them under a deal, because that deal can be swept out from them at any point. Sure. So now that they have Davey under a deal, we better do the British Bulldog Davey, British Bulldogs Davey. Because if that deal swept out and miraculously someday happened to get Dynamite Kid, we can get out a Dynamite Kid that is similar to the Davey that came out. Do you think they put out a Blue Trunks Davey? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. We've seen him do it many times, uh, most notably like Typhoon. Uh -huh. You know, we got Tugboat Typhoon and Shockmaster as an SDCC exclusive. So, yes, I, I totally hear what you're saying. And, yes, we're getting Warlord again. We had him from his singles run. Now they're giving us his tag team version. I agree. You need to pump them out as soon as you get them. They may not coincide with their tag team partners release, but maybe down the road. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I know Steve sees this all the time on the Wrestling Figs message boards, but I honestly want to see a Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, yeah, that's a great call. He's working with the company, but apparently they don't have him under a deal. But I'm hoping that something gets worked out because I did preface all this if they can get him under a deal or if they're under. I, I hope they get out of Jeff Jarrett and the 93 look with the top hat and the glasses and the string whatever things going down the chest. I just thought that would be a great looking figure. Nice. I'd like to see a Bruno San Martino. Another one. Why not? We've only had that one elite, right? 
Right, but what would what look would they go for? It, you could do either his uh, mid eighties run before he kind of became like a full time commentator. Because remember, mm-hmm. he was still kind of getting to the ring, like around eighty six or so. You could go older Bruno, or you could just do a straight re release of his elite. I mean, a lot of people missed out on those, and a lot of people are having to go back and try to to complete those spots in their collection that they either missed or they weren't collecting at the time. So I'm not opposed to straight re-releases at all. I'm, I'm actually a fan because I missed out on a lot of those. Would love to have another chance at them, uh, specifically Demolition, but I won't include them in the Legends. Uh, another one I'll throw out, dude, and I'm going to dip into the Attitude Era a little bit, Ken Shamrock. I know we had his Elite figure quite a few years ago, like what, four or five years ago? But right. I'd like to see another stab at Shamrock uh, with the Icy title. Okay. What, different trunks as well or something? Yeah, you could go his black gear his black trunks and then his black boots with the kick pads on them, but with the IC title as well. I think that'd be cool to throw Shamrock back in there. Why not? Okay. Good call. Good list, Scott. Oh, how about Jesse Ventura? If they can do him. If he's under a deal. (laughs) And I'm talking like WrestleMania five, Jesse, when he stood up or was that four, when he stood up on the, the broadcast booth, that was four. Oh, crap. Now you got me it was thinking. 84, it's, or I'm sorry, it was either 88 or 89. Right. It was either WrestleMania 4 or WrestleMania 5. I can't remember which one. I want to say 5 when they introduced him to the crowd, and it was a whole big moment, but like over-the-top flamboyant Jesse the Body Ventura, but commentator, not wrestler. Um, And actually, you know what? Honestly, now that the concussion lawsuit is all said and done, SCOTUS didn't even mess with it or anything like that, didn't even listen to the appeals. I'm hoping bridges are mended and, you know, I hope things do get back under a deal and some people can get figures made like Mr. Fuji or uh, who else did you read off last week, Scott? I'm drawing a blank. Well, one of the names that kind of struck me on there that will we ever get another figure of him, Billy Jack Haynes. We only ever had his LJN. And as great as that figure is, you want to talk about somebody that's way long overdue for a figure. Would that be a stretch? I don't know, man. If you make that thing with the jacket and the hat, maybe with accessories, it'll dress it up. Yes, it's a stretch, but I still think it would move, especially if it's one of those store exclusives like Jim the Anvil Nightheart was. Mm -hmm. That's definitely going to stir up interest. So if you just do a short run like Target or Walmart exclusive... I don't think you'll have a problem moving the Billy Jack Haynes figure. Yeah, okay, I want to throw one more and then we'll move on, I promise. But I want them to do the Midnight Rocker Shawn Michaels. Because who knows if Marty Jannetty will ever get back under a deal. But that goes back to the Davy Boy thing. Man, that's not going to drive you crazy, Jeff? No, because I understand. They have to... If they have them <sighs> under a deal, they have to get them out. To me, that's I, I like... I know, I know. We had this conversation like five minutes ago. I know, I understand but that doesn't bother your OCD even a little bit. Like, oh God, like the hair is standing on my arms right now. It drives me crazy <laughs> thinking that we would get this amazing looking midnight rocker, Shawn Michaels, right. that would rival what Remco gave us way back in the day. And there sits Shawn Michaels by himself. At this point, you're having to like beg Warsman to make a Marty head so you can then pluck the Shawn head off of one of your extras and put his Marty head on, paint it up, and then you've got your custom Midnight Rockers. Oh, man. And then you're having to find the custom AWA tag titles for them. I like where you're going with this, but my OCD not having the complete set is just like going nuts right now. 
it, it makes sense. Like, okay, the Hogan situation back in 2014, Bill had a Hogan, NWO Hogan, ready to go. The renderings were released. The, the prototype was done. And they got that email saying, hey, guys, Hogan's off the table. Now you're sitting there with this beautiful Hogan figure that now has to go into the Mattel vault. Yep. At any moment, that rug can be ripped out from underneath them. You might as well get all those figures out while you can, while you're under a deal, while um, whatever it would be. Would it drive my OCD nuts? Yeah, absolutely. It's the completest in me that once right. I can't have a half of a tag team. And that drove me crazy way back in 89 when uh, Grand Toys did it or LJN, whatever, with the Warlord. When they showed Barbarian on the back of the package, like they even showed Smash. And maybe that was the kicker for me. You guys teased him and we never got it. And from then on, I've always had a thing for completing tag teams, which is why I love when you get the tag team in the same set. Like two packs are perfect for me. OCD is calmed. But when I see things like just Warlord from the Powers of Pain, or are you talking about just Shawn Michaels so we can get a Midnight Rocker Shawn Michaels? Like, I love it. And you know what? That's probably going to happen. But then there's that other side of me, the completest, that's like, we need the partners. This isn't complete without the partners. Like, it could be the most amazing Shawn Michaels figure ever made. But if I don't get Marty, it's... Not that it's garbage, but it's not the same. It loses a lot of its flavor. It's like Fruit Stripes gum to me at that point. Thank you, the anonymous one and A. Scott, next question comes in from Justin Summers. Hello, Scott and Jeff. This is once again Justin Summers from Wrestling Cheers with my weekly question. You know, we always say, have your pets spayed or neutered. A little joke that's popped up here recently between myself and Jeff. And we all know Jeff started it. I just kept it going. But let's talk about pets. I want to know, do you guys have pets? What are their names? And where do their names come from? And if you want to, you can name some pets that have passed on. I'm going to talk about the three pets that I have. One dog, two cats. First up, there's my dog. French Bulldog, 10 years old. Her name is Zul. And I named her after Zul from Ghostbusters. Pretty pretty simple, pretty self-explanatory. I've mentioned it enough and, you know... Ghostbusters is one of my favorite movies of all time. Then we have my first cat. His name is Dexter. Bought him almost three years ago as a kitten. Actually not bought, uh, got it from a family member. But we picked the name Dexter because one of the first shows that me and my fiance started watching together, it was a show that I had already seen, but she hadn't, but it was a chance for me to relive it, was the show Dexter. Also for our first Christmas, we bought each other... Dexter-related gifts. She bought me Dexter pint glasses and the entire series on DVD. I actually own it season by season, but she got me the box set, which comes in a blood slide tray, very similar to what Dexter had on the show. And also like that, I bought her the Dexter blood slide coasters. So we took our love for that show, named the first pet that we got together after it and then lastly there's the cat that we bought recently his name is brownie he is a orange tabby oh and for those who don't know dexter is a like gray cat i don't exactly know what kind but gray cat and fun fact he just walked in my office as i'm talking about him but brownie we were trying to pick a name again 
trying to like land on something we both agreed on. She suggested Cheeto, but I'm not a huge fan of Cheetos. And I suggested Dorito because I like Doritos more. And then I'm just trying to figure out something with orange. And I'm like, what about something Cleveland Brown related? I kind of want to name them after Baker Mayfield, but you know, in maybe five years, that looks like a bad idea. Like if I would have named an animal after Johnny Manziel back in 2014. So trying to think of something Brown's related and it hit me. Name him after the elf, Brownie. And he's orange, just like the Cleveland Browns helmet. And fun fact, his middle name is Sunday. So what are your pets and what are they named after? That will do it for me here this week. And I'll take my answers off the air later. Before Scott gets into his farm. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. (laughs) um, As of right now, it's two cats. Uh, We have... Daryl. And it's funny too, because when you name a cat or you name a pet, they never end up with that name. They always get called something else and that's their new name. For example, our cat Daryl, we call him Sweet Boy. Before he was known as Asshole Kitty because (laughs) he was an asshole. (laughs) When we got the new cat, She-Ra, he became a sweet cat. He started being more friendly. He wasn't attacking us. He had he had a play buddy. So he got all of his energy out then. So now we never call him Daryl. The reason we called him Daryl was because of the cats that Takahashi would bring out. It's a black and white cat. In fact, it was your wife that named him, Scott. Yes. She goes, she goes, what are you guys going to name him? And we're like, I don't know. She goes, why don't you name him Daryl? And we're like, oh, that's brilliant. Well, now he goes under the name Sweet Boy because he's actually a sweet cat now. Uh, I mentioned She-Ra. Celeste gave her that name. I wanted to name her in matching Daryl. I wanted to name her Carol. <laughs> that did not go in my favor. <laughs> Daryl and Carol. <laughs> I did not win that battle. Uh, she is named She-Ra. Her nickname is Princess of Pounces because she attacks our feet under the covers and it hurts. Oh. So she pounces on our feet while they're under the covers because she's a goddamn cat. <laughs> um, I will bring up only one of our dogs that we used to have, and it was my dog. His name was Gunner. Uh, named him Gunner Nelson Tuna for those always hearing the joke. <laughs> uh, I always joke around about the Nelson twins, the Nelson twins band. One of the names was Gunner. So long story long, basically, I was trying to rack my brain for a name for the dog. And the ex-wife said, hey, uh, what's that band you used to like back in the 80s? I was all, Nelson? She goes, yeah. She goes, what were their names? I was all, Matthew and Gunner. Boom. So I named them Gunner Nelson Tune, which everybody loved who got that reference. Yes, it was the best name. So anyways, those are those are the dogs and cats uh, that have been part of my life. I'd say as of recently. We also had another cat named Loki. Um, she was a sweetheart, but uh, unfortunately we lost her back in December of 18. So, all right, Scott, um, we've got a few minutes left on the show. You've got to do this quick. I don't know how you're going to do this. <laughs> to, to kind of recycle a joke from last week, I feel like Jericho standing here with the scroll, <laughs> reading off his 1,004 moves. So I'll get to the dogs first. We've got two. The first one is... As you mentioned, Jeff, they tend to take on like 10 other nicknames and you never call them by their real name. So the first one is our boy. His name is Puffin. 
that comes from the girls next door and one of them called Hugh Hefner Puffin. And so <laughs> Shannon was watching that show. We got Puffin and she decided to name him Puffin. I didn't get a say. So he's Puffin. The other, and he's 13. We have our little dog, female. She is the boss of the house. Puffin knows this. She weighs all of about maybe 12 pounds. A little chihuahua mix. Very, very sweet. Her name is Bambi. And we love her to death. She's our little snuggle buddy at night. Now getting over to the cats. We've got two... Oh, by the way, Bambi is also 13. So very, very old dogs, but still super sweet. Before you get into the cats, what is Puffin's nickname? Uh, That would be Buki or Puffin Boo. And what is Bambi's nickname? Slammy or or Salmon or Bambo Slam. (laughs) Okay, what are the cats' names? First up, we have our two 17-year-olds, brother and sister, and they refuse, Jeff, to cross the Rainbow Bridge. They are defiant. I'm sure some listeners remember a few weeks ago I was cursing the very soul of the 17-year-old female cat who comes in our room at 3 in the morning yowling because she's hungry quote-unquote. She's not hungry. She's being a jerk. Anyway, the 17-year-old boy, his name is Fig, short for Figaro. He looks like the cat from Pinocchio. That's how he got his name. The 17-year-old female, and maybe she's angry because she hates her name, her name is Meagled. She got that name from my oldest daughter, and they're 17, so when Alana named the cat, Alana was hmm, two or three? And she was naming her, naming her after Schmiegeld, the character from Lord of the Rings. She couldn't say Schmiegeld, but she could say Meagled, and that became her name. Now we just call her bitch. Not my <laughs> oldest daughter, the 17-year-old female cat. Moving on, we have a set of sisters. We have Primrose and we have Katniss, but they have become Prim or Pwum Pwum and Kitty Mew Mew. And unfortunately, Shannon had a boy cat whose name was Pantera, which is my favorite band. I have several tattoos of them on myself. We named him Pantera because we both loved the band Pantera. She found him at her old job, and he was maybe two or three hours old when she found him, abandoned by his mother. So we took him to the vet that night. Vet told us, don't get attached because cats this young have maybe a 5 to 10% chance of making it. Well, he was strong. Shannon nursed him to health, and he made it to the age of 11. And unfortunately, we lost him a few years ago, but that was Shannon's baby. And he was one of the best cats I've ever had. Like, just a total love. He loved Peyton. He was just the sweetest cat, and unfortunately, lost him a couple years ago. But that's kind of our farm here. Four cats, two dogs, and Shannon has said when the animals run their course, we're getting an English bulldog. Thank you again, Justin. Always fun talking about animals, man. We uh, we are total animal people over here, Very so much we so. totally get him. Scott, next question for this week, or actually I say last question of this week, comes in for Josh Thompson. Josh Thompson says, batter up, boys. I got a baseball question for you guys this week. What was the first baseball game you guys went to? Believe it or not, my first baseball game was a no-hitter. The game was the Phillies against the Giants, and I do remember some stuff from the game, such as the one home run that was hit. 
the game score was one to nothing. And my dad telling me to wait to go to the bathroom because the pitcher was about to pitch a no-hitter. Another cool fact is that this game took place at Veterans Stadium, which took me back a bit. I didn't think I had gone to the vet before it closed down, but indeed that was the case as 2003, the year the game took place, was the last year the Phillies used the vet before moving to Citizens Bank Park. Not going to lie, I do find it cool that despite being born in the very late 90s, I was able to visit both the vet and the Spectrum before they closed down for good, Josh Thompson. You know what's funny is um, when you watch games of other ballparks, there are certain stadiums and... I'm sorry, JT. I did not like watching Giants games when they played at the Vet in Philly. There was something about that park I did not like. Now, fast forward to your guys' new ballpark in Philly. Oh, it's beautiful. I love watching games. I love the center field, how it's open. Um, I love watching Giants games when they play the Phils. But it's crazy. Like, back in the day, I didn't like uh, – was the Pittsburgh one? Was that Three Rivers or is that Cincinnati? Ooh. Good question. Uh, I can't remember the Pittsburgh one. But anyways, those three parks, I never liked watching games when I was younger, when the Giants would go there. I didn't like when they played in Cincinnati at the old park, but I love the new park. I love the short fence in. I love it. I love the water out in the um, outside of the field. I love Pittsburgh. PNC Park is beautiful. I love watching games there. But back in the day, those three parks, I did not like watching Giants games there. I'd be like, oh, man, they got to go to this horrible stadium you know (laughs) but um first game scott i don't know if this was your first game as well but dad and roger took you me and dave to an a's game it was not mine but i remember this game very well go ahead so the only thing that i remember i should say the two things i remember the most from this game was you me and dave did not sit down nope we kept walking around and dad even made a comment. He goes, brought you the game. You guys haven't even watched one bit of it. So we did sit there and finally watch the game and Reggie Jackson hit a home run. Yes. I remember that. And that's it for all I remember. We were over on the first base side at the Oakland Coliseum, which is still there and still a dump. Yep. <laughs> we were under the overhang. It was an overcast day. Uh, that's basically all I remember from it. Yeah, it was the Coliseum that day. You're right. And we did a lot of walking around. We just wanted to look at the concession stands and just kind of check out the merchandise and all that. We didn't really care. But yeah, once we sat down and watched, like it was like, okay, cool. This is kind of fun. My first game, I was in second grade and a coworker of my of our dad's, he asked dad if he could take me to the game because he was taking his kids that night. So me, his two kids, and he went to the A's game. I was in second grade. So that would put it at about 1982. And Ricky Henderson was on the team. And that's who I was going to see. Second grade, I was like, I've got to see Ricky play. So that was the big draw for me. I went and I think I got some A's wristbands. I don't remember much of it, but I remember really wanting to see Ricky Henderson. And I really wanted to get some A's wristbands. And mission accomplished on both. But remember, Jeff, the A's, because that stadium was like 10 minutes away, we went to so many games between... Between 86 and, gosh, 1990, 1991. Right. I would say we easily went to 40 or 50 ball games. Oh, easily. It was felt like every weekend we were going to the A's game. Mom would always go get us Togo sandwiches and we were off to the park. Yeah. Well, and tickets were only three bucks if you sat in the bleachers. And Correct. we always sat in the bleachers. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. I miss going to baseball games. 
those were the days, man. Those were a lot of fun. Um, you brought up Ricky Henderson. You want to hear a quick Ricky Henderson story? I would love it. I love Ricky Henderson stories. Same so here. Ricky was playing for the Padres and he gets on the bus and he sits down and batting coach comes up and he goes, Hey Ricky, you can't sit there. And Ricky always talks in third person. Ricky Anderson does. So Ricky goes, why can't Ricky sit here? And he goes, well, that's where Tony Gwynn sits. And Ricky goes, so what? He goes, well, Tony's got tenure. And he goes, Tony got tenure. Ricky got 20 year. <laughs> <laughs> I love Ricky. Oh, dude, Ricky stories are the best. If you guys ever get a chance to Google Ricky Henderson stories, they're fantastic. I don't know if all of them are true, but they are incredible. They're believable because of how he is, his personality. Totally. And Ricky, I was actually at the game. It's the only time mom ever told me to cut school. And coincidentally, was the only time I ever cut school. She sent me and my buddies Nick and Randy, and I believe Big Dave was there too, sent us to the A's game that Ricky Henderson uh, stole the base that broke the record. Scott, we got to get back to wrestling figures. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we talk wrestling figures on the show, don't we? <laughs> uh, Okay, let's talk, let's talk Ricky Henderson starting lineup and Ricky Henderson McFarland <laughs> figures. Let's go. And pets. <laughs> I'm just joking. We got to get into WWE Elite Series 14. What you say? Let's go talk about him. before you jump into WWE Elite Series 14, we want you guys to check out Wrestling Figure Database. That's where I actually went to to pull the names for WWE Elite Series 14. Then I went over to eBay to pull the listings, and I got a surprise for you guys this week, and this will be the same going forward. But to put the list together, I went to WrestlingFigureDatabase.com to get the names for WWE Elite. So, Scott, what you got for WWE Elite Series 14? Yes, sir. Mattel, WWE Elite Series 14 consisted of John Cena, and he came with a red Never Give Up shirt and a matching red hat. And, of course, the man was rocking the jorts. Yeah, he was. Next up, The Rock. And he was in his American Brahma Bull, quote-unquote, Polly Pocket-style shirt, also packaged with sunglasses, a microphone, and cloth sweatpants accessories. Next up, the big boss man. And this was a flashback figure. This was his look in the late 80s, early 90s. And he came with handcuffs, a ball and chain, sunglasses, and a nightstick accessory. King Booker, another flashback figure. He had a quote-unquote Polly Pocket style robe, crown, and scepter. Amazing looking figure. The Undertaker, and he came with a Polly Pocket style executioner hooded robe. And rounding out Elite Series 14, Alberto Del Rio, and he came with a red Money in the Bank briefcase and the Spinner heavyweight title. And that rounds out Mattel Elite Series 14. Alberto Del Rio got one more accessory than Dolph Ziggler did last week. Exactly. They could have given Dolph his Money in the Bank briefcase, but no. <laughs> what was your favorite figure? Ooh, favorite. Fi That's a tough one because that boss man is so good. You know what? It's a tie. It's him and King Booker. Both figures are so well done. There's not really a bad one in this set. I'm not a huge fan of the Del Rio, but this is a really solid set. A lot of repeat names, of course, but 
between Undertaker, Del Rio, Cena, The Rock. But the boss man and the King Booker, really for me, are the the stars of this series. I agree. Boss man and Booker are the two best. I remember boss man being really hard to find on the pegs. Agree. Yeah, he was. I actually found him at Dublin Toys R Us, and it was a shock that I found him on the pegs. I couldn't believe it. Scoop that one up, obviously, really quick. Uh, King Booker was also difficult to find. Cena was easy to find. That was everywhere. Of course. Yep. Uh, Taker was hit or miss. You could walk into Toys R Us, not find him, go to another Toys R Us, and then find him. Del Rio was easy to find as well. Rock was pretty easy to find. Um, I wasn't a fan of the Rock or the Cena or the Del Rio on these. Um, The Rock, I don't know. The way it was packaged, the way it looked, I don't know, man. There was something about it that just... It wasn't good. I didn't mind any of them, really. It was, I'm not a big fan of Del Rio, but I thought the Cena was fine. The Rock was fine. But man, that King Booker and that Boss Man. The Boss Man is pretty much just like his network exclusive, correct? Pretty much the same, yeah. Yeah, pretty much the same. I think most of the accessories, it, it, maybe not all of them, but if not all of them, it was most of them also came with the network exclusive. But both outstanding figures was really happy they put Boss Man in this assortment. Awesome looking figure, but for me, it's a tie. Him and King Booker. That Booker is so good. Scott, what I did is I went on to eBay, and I not only did I pull the eBay listings that are going on right now, what I also did is I also pulled the most recent sold listings. Oh, okay. For each one of these figures. So, Alberto Del Rio, there are four on eBay right now, ranging from $59 to $129. The most recent one sold on May 5th, so today's May 6th, yesterday, for $19.99 plus $6.49 shipping. So whatever you do, do not pay the low end of $59. Absolutely not. That actually lines up more with that $30 one you saw a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Big Boss Man with the ball and chain, the night stick, and the handcuffs. There are zero of Elite Series 14 Big Boss Man on eBay right now. There were a bunch of the network spotlights, but there were zero of this one on eBay. But the most recent eBay listing for this figure sold for $62 and $13.90 shipping. Does that seem low to you? Sure does. Yeah, it does to me too. Because when this figure first came out... That was going for more on eBay because there weren't many big boss man figures. Actually, this was the only big boss man figure from Mattel. Yeah, this was Uh, the first one. So he hadn't had a figure since his Jack's Classic, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So so everybody was jumping for this figure. And as I said, he was difficult to find. When we're still getting boss man figures today, there is a boss man in his, I call it SWAT gear, that black outfit he wore in the late 90s in the Showdown Series 5 two-packs with British Bulldog. King Booker, beautiful, beautiful figure. There are three on eBay right now, ranging from $119 to $139. The most recent eBay sold auction, April 6th, $81.99 with free shipping. That sounds about right. John Cena, there are two on eBay, $85.99 plus $9.90 shipping. Or the second auction is $93 with free shipping. All right, Scott, I got to do math. Which one is cheaper? (laughs) Hit me with the numbers again. I need numbers. (laughs) I need numbers. I can always count on them. Give me the numbers. (laughs) The most recent sold auction for this John Cena Elite 
Series 14 was on April 17th for $85.99 shipping plus $9.90 shipping. Rock, six on eBay, ranging from $59 to $100. Recent sold auction, most recent sold auction, I should say, April 5th for $55. That seems low. Yeah, kind of, sort of does, yeah, especially given the age. Of The Rock? He's not that no. old, dude. <laughs> He's not that old. <laughs> <laughs> and The Undertaker, there are three on eBay right now. One auction is going for $90. The other two are both going for $120. The most recent sold auction on May 5th for $120 plus $20 shipping. Again, that was on May 5th. Wow. Okay. That's a good move, dude. I like seeing kind of what the auctions are at, but then what they actually sold for. Thank you for adding I, those in. No problem. That was, uh, I actually got that idea from, uh, what's our game? The eBay game. Oh, everybody has a price. Everybody has a price. Thank you. Um, actually, I kind of started thinking about that. I was like, you know, I can do the eBay listings, but I need to throw something else in there. And I thought of the sold auctions and I thought of the eBay game that we play. Everybody has a price. So. Great call, dude. I like it. And Scott, that rounds out the show. We want you guys to check out WrestlingToyTracker.com. Over there, they've got the card and loose prices of LJNs, Hasbro's, Galoobs, Just Toys, Bendoms, Defining Moments, and Retros. So if you are in the hunt for any of those figures, head on over to WrestlingToyTracker.com. And we want you guys to check out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, of course. Fun show over there where they talk wrestling, they talk toys, they talk so much more, comics, movies, over at Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Also, check out Breaker's side project, you know it's fake, right? Where this past week, he had Barry Frost on from Doing the Favor, so go check that out on You Know It's Fake, Right? The walking encyclopedia of wrestling, Barry Frost, I should say. The man himself. Absolutely. And also check out Power Hour Pro Wrestling on YouTube where you can watch your PHPW. I'm actually swaying over here. <laughs> it's it's so hot. <laughs> Is it really? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's actually disturbing. It's because I haven't been to the gym, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I I look at myself I'm all who's who's disgusting? That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Let me hit him with my COVID limp. <laughs> Anyways, check out Power Hour Pro Wrestling on YouTube. We want you to check out our buddies. Also, speaking of Barry Frost, doing the favor, they have two shows each week, one on wrestling, one on sports as well. Two fun shows with two great guys, Eric and the great Barry Frost. Also, check out their website where they have the links to PopFinder and BrickSeek. That links up to those websites, and you can check and see if figures are in stock so again that's doing the favor.com and go and listen to their shows on there positively pro wrestling podcast they just did a show on wrestling is forever and they talk about memories of wrestling so Aww. so when you think of wrestling what's the first thing you think of scott wow just like the first thing like is this a um like a freud test like the first thing that pops into my head yep. like an ink block sort of thing first thing go for it oh hogan okay See, that's the first thing that popped in your head, and then you would kind of elaborate, and that's wrestling is forever. Uh, for me, I sent over the Shockmaster gif. <laughs> what? So, okay, wait a second. Yes? Somebody says, hey, Jeff, what's the first thing that pops in your head when I say wrestling? Uh-huh. You've been watching wrestling since 
85? 84? Uh, 85, yes. And the first thing that pops into your head is the Shockmaster. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I wish I was a wrestling psychologist. I would have so much to say. <laughs> uh, I, don't try to anal- analyze that. Hey, hey, do you know what the first four letters of analyze are? <laughs> I'm rubbing <laughs> off on you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately (laughs) Uh, anyways we want you to check out the positively pro wrestling podcast also you heard justin summers earlier go listen to his show wrestling cheers where he talks about independent pro wrestling of the northeast ohio area called aiw in this past week where they do a review of the fifth episode of aiw's go for broke so go check out wrestling cheers podcast also Check out our good friends, Seth Sheena and Marco over at the Chick Foley Show. Check out our buddy RJ over at Ringside Rant. Rucker and Marty do boots to the face, of course. Tim does Pulling Up a Chair, a great fun show, Scott, that you were on. Yes, I was. Had a blast talking with Tim. Thanks for having me on, buddy. You are doing an amazing job over there. Keep it going, pulling up a chair. And Drunk Wrestling History... Uh Uh-oh. I I don't like the tone of your voice when you say that. Uh, Last week, you guys guys said Brett screwed Brett. Brett did not screw Brett. Well, that's all open to interpretation. See, you guys left out one important thing that Brett had over Vince McMahon. Uh, His punch? Creative control. Ah. So Vince, Vince should have never given Brett creative control. No, I look, at the end of the day, these wrestlers are performing under a contract that they signed, and that makes them an employee of, so I guess the whole independent contractor versus employee thing could be put up to debate. But at the end of the day, you are working for money from somebody who is paying you to perform. You should not have creative control over what that person can do with the character that you're playing on television. I that agree should with that. not happen. But Brett does have creative control, so Brett has the right to say, I'm not going to drop it to Sean in Montreal, and I choose to drop it to Mankind or Vader or Austin the following night. So he has the right to say that. Understood. But what about the point that I made about the belt should not have been been on Brett up to that point? That's actually a good call. Um I, Brett is such a traditionalist that I don't think he would have pulled a Medusa and gone to WCW to drop the belt in the garbage can. I completely agree with you. Yes, 100% agree. It was not going to happen. Vince is jaded a little bit, so I do understand that. And it wasn't like the Medusa thing was the first time that a belt had ever crossed over. Look at the big big gold belt that came over with Ric Flair. Agreed, so, yeah. So I can understand why Vince had those fears. But at the same time, Vince gave Brett creative control. And that's where Brett has, going back to Seinfeld, Brett's got hand. <laughs> yes. Brett did have hand in that regard. But as soon as Brett started having those conversations with WCW, that title should have come off of him. Because it was going to end badly one way or another. So they should have headed it off at the pass. And look, if he doesn't sign with WCW, give him the title back. But I think once those conversations started to happen, belt should have come off. Uh, that part I will agree with. 
but it would have had to d- been done creatively because Brett would have had to drop it prior to Survivor Series. But yeah, I I totally agree. Yeah, of course it would have had to be done creatively to somebody that Brett wanted because stupidly they gave him creative control. Hogan should have never had it either. Agreed. Nash, yeah. I I don't think like you said it. No wrestler should ever have creative control over the top person that makes the final decisions. No, and the Montreal screw job is exactly why. Absolutely. Uh, but you got Drunk Wrestling History. What's coming up next? Yes, coming up next on Drunk Wrestling History. Well, first off, give us a follow on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk. You can find our show wherever you find any of your other podcasts at. Upcoming, or I should say, actually, it dropped this past Friday, Survivor Series 1994, which had a special appearance by the one and only Chuck Norris. 94. I didn't like 94 because that whole Bob Backlund went in the belt and everything. Yes. And we talk about that. It wasn't as bad as you remember it. If you go back and watch it, it wasn't so bad. It lasted a long time for who was supposed to throw in the towel or who did throw in the towel. Uh, Helen and Stu were kind of at ringside and Helen ended up throwing it in. That's right. Because Owen was pleading, right? Yes. That was one of those drawn out things. You're like, okay, just throw in the towel already. Yeah. We talk about like how uncomfortable it got and how Brett, <laughs> like realistically, his arm should have just been ripped off by the time <laughs> Bob Backlund was done with the chicken wing. Right, right, right. But yes, that is our, uh, that is our show that dropped this past Friday. Adam, Eddie, myself discuss all things that were Survivor Series 94 again on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk where we're not always accurate. But we're always drunk. And we want you to check out our buddies, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. And every single day, Ryan Buds does trivia with Buds. Scott, roll call. Yes, going to throw it out to the great, the amazing, the super talented, the man himself, the great Jason Wolf. Give him a follow on all of his social media accounts at The Art of Jason Wolf. Stay tuned for his custom Hasbro announcements. Stay tuned for his upcoming art projects. He's doing sketch cards, he's doing prints. Hit him up on his website, Doyle, D-O-Y-L-E, draws.com, where you can get in touch with the man himself, get a commission done. But more importantly, stay tuned to that social media at The Art of Jason Wolf to find out when his amazing custom Hasbros are going to be released. And Jeff, that rounds out roll call. Scott, what you going to go eat real quick? Actually, dude, I'm going to bed. I don't know how many people are hearing it this episode, but I am not feeling the best allergies are really getting the best of me and i apologize to you for all the throat clears and coughs that you're hearing just haven't been feeling the best today so i'm pretty tired so i'm going straight to bed also i had frozen pizza before we started recording tonight i'm not a savage i didn't eat frozen pizza i put it in the oven first but (laughs) shoveled that down because i knew right after the show hitting the hay going right to bed huh right to bed yep not feeling the best huh no, it's just, it's these allergies, man. As the weather starts to change, it, it's bad. It goes from cold to warm to cold, then to hot, then to cold. Then the wind kicks up and just my allergies go bonkers out here in the valley. They have since I moved out here in 98. They've never let up and it's always this time of year. Like March, April, May are just ruthless. So yeah, not feeling the best. So I'm heading to bed. Uh, Scott, you go to bed I'm going to leave in all your throat clears and all your coughs. Oh, man. If if that's true, I apologize. <laughs> I hope you're lying. We will never speak of 188 again. It will now be 277. <laughs> 277, the revenge of the throat clears. 
<laughs> so Scott for episode 277, anything else? Stay safe, stay healthy, stay six feet apart, or just go get vaccinated. Fig license 2016 and happy toy hunting. Yes, please go get vaccinated. We want to have this party next year in Dallas. We've got some times to make up for. So go get yourself vaccinated because we're going to be carding you at the door. You need to just walk up, flash us the card, we'll let you in. Flash the card, get a bro hug. Exactly. So that means that you're vaccinated so we can all bro hug and everything. So anyways, go get yourself vaccinated. Uh, Also, get your Scots spayed and neutered. (laughs) <laughs> and I'd like to thank everyone for listening to episode 277. Hashtag Fig Life. Adios. Uh, yeah. Holy Hosable. Let's go. Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. We're the OGs of WFP. Fully posable, thank you all for listening. It ain't no storyline, real life siblings. So everybody go and do your toy spotting. Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings.